I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Matt, are, um, are you ready for this week's dad-gad joke? I am. That's, that's what I'm calling them now. In, instead of dad joke, it's a, it's a dad gad joke. I'm trying to make them musically themed now. That's my new plan. Musically themed jokes for the dad gad joke thing. Okay. Why was the fingerstyle guitarist indecisive? I don't know. Why? He couldn't pick. <laughs> Oh, uh, Joe, his stand-up career uh, is already tanked. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I've I got loads of... I've been trying to come up with excellent... I, I was like, a C, E-flat, and G walk into the bar. Sorry, the bartender says. We don't serve minors. <laughs> oh, Joe, you should have saved that one. You I know, I know, it. I know. I know, I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry. I was trying to, I was trying to do one uh, with... Uh, with Lydian, the Lydian scale, to try and make it sound like lie down, like oh, saying dear. like, a, but it doesn't really work. It's not, it's not good enough. But that's that's okay. I, I'm getting there. I'm I'm developing my musical themed dad dad jokes. They, they're going to be great. You're going to have to come up with one soon. I know. I'll have to start thinking. I, I'm sure I had one the other day, or I stole one from somewhere, and uh, then I forgot. Oh, well, well, there's always next week, Matt. There's always there next week. There is indeed. Hello and welcome, dear listener. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello, Mr. Joe. Hello, Mr. Matt. Hello, dear listener. Yes, welcome back. We've got a whole bunch of things uh, for you this week. We're going to do like a couple of show and tell things, maybe, because I'm just, honestly, I'm getting too many products. I was starting, I've had to start a calendar of when I'm going to like demo things that I'm being sent because... I'm getting sent so much stuff. So that's good. That is good. It's good. We're rocking and it rolling. Everyone wants good. the Joe Branton um, <laughs> the little everyone, mini song. Everyone wants the Joe Branton mini song. That's it. That's it. And but, hopefully, yeah. I'll be doing some soon. Uh, yeah. After after this week, once I've done this week, that's it. Yeah. I'm I'm in. Because you're off to this week. You're off to uh, Norway. I am indeed um, off to Norway. I'm going to the Larvik Guitar Show. Larvik. Um, so there's going to be some really cool guitar players there. Uh, Are you going to buy Ford. anything there? I don't know. I mean, uh, I know you'll be there for work, but can you buy? Can you buy? Well, can you get away we're, stuff? we're going there to support um, one of our dealers there, which is Four Sound. I think they're Nor- right. one of Norway's biggest or Norway's biggest dealer, um, right. and most of their booth is Boss stuff. So I would say probably not. Probably not. <laughs> You're not gonna. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, 
Yeah, See, so I mean, it's just, you know, not. Norway's one of those places, I bet there's like loads of cool boutique stuff that just doesn't make it out of Norway. Well, I think the um, the main thing with this show, which is kind of different, I guess, is this is more of a guitar festival. So what I guess, this, well, this is, it's more... Oh, like players and stuff. Yeah, so this is more right. players than it is like a trade show. Um, and we're there as part of that. So this is more like um, lots of clinics, lots of tutorials. Oh, that sounds boring. And all, all that sort of stuff. Well, you know, we're going mainly for the sort of artists that are going to be there yeah. rather than than the gear. Ha- as it were. Have you got anyone cool? Are, are you are, Have you guys bring in anyone? Uh, we're taking uh, Mr. Alex Hutchins because oh, he's course. the bloody best. Well, he, is, he is the bloody best. What a lovely um, man. What a fantastic guitarist. So he's going to be doing some, um, he's going to be doing some stuff on some of the kind of boss products that came out in the last sort of few months. Oh, that's cool. And then, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. I think, I guess I'm most looking forward to seeing uh, Larry Basilo uh, because She's got the best looking signature Ibanez out there, in my opinion. That sort of purple and gold um, Ibanez. It? It's an Ibanez LBM one. Ibanez LBM one. Is that what it is? I'm, I'm sort of making I'm it up. A, no, LB one. Oh yes, it's like their their sort of cinched waist Telecaster style thing. Yeah, um, it's like the AZ Tele. Yeah, but but she has it without the plate, which makes it look way more modern. And a great, great looking pickup selection. It's HSS, which you know I'd normally would spit at, but it's uh, it's kind of cool. It's I don't know what's going on with the middle pickup. It's like a uh, I don't know, so, it looks like an uncovered telly pickup in the middle. Yeah, it's a completely custom wound set for that specific guitar. But yeah, kind of a different um, sort of different look and vibe in the middle pickup it's like an uncovered single coil in the oh, middle pickup, it looks cool. fantastic i mean it's gold hardware which is normally terrible but with this sort of shade of uh of uh um uh, movie purple lavendery purple i call um, it violet it, oh a violet that's what they're going for it does look very good two and a half thousand pounds is an awful lot for an ibanez i think well, I guess it's yeah, made made in Japan, isn't it? Um, yeah, you know, and I guess that's where. Oh those no, they're very good. In, they're very good. If I was going to get Japan ones coming at now, if I was going to get that cut, they're like T style. I think I get the Tom Quail. Yeah, I think the Tom Quail and this one are based on similar designs, right? But this one's yeah. obviously got a few more things on it, um, and it's also got that Dynamix system. Uh, what is a Dynamix system? I think that it's basically allow sort of series and parallel switching on the humbuckers specifically. Oh, okay. Right. Um, I was just trying to have a look at the manual, but I couldn't find it. Dynamics <laughs> offers nine sound variations that can switch between humbucker and single coil modes with a flick of a switch. Uh, Who one thought mode- of that name? That is a terrible name for a system. It sounds like a deal you'd get on popcorn at the cinema. <laughs> Dynamics. Um yeah, one even simulates a humbucking sound from the combination of two single coil pickups. So I think it's right. just it's kind of like the old S1 switch on a strat yeah. that no one could ever remember what it did. Um yeah. so yeah, there's there's those uh she's there, uh Robin Ford, uh the oh, originator cool. of of shred guitar, Frank Gambali, who's a good friend of Alex, is there. Um oh. so quite a few people that you know use our stuff, 
or could be using our stuff <laughs> um, are there. And uh, no, it's going to be good to um, to see it all in, in action, I think. Yeah, it was a really, great. really popular show, despite it being, you know... How big not, is it? I, I would say there was probably a thousand people there last time. Okay, so quite maybe, 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 yeah, yeah, somewhere between, maybe a bit less than that. Last time I went, it was uh, Mike Dawes um, was there and did some stuff. Um, Paul Gilbert was there, you know. And considering it's like it's not a town, it's probably a town a bit like the size of Brighton, right? But so somehow managed to attract like some of the biggest guitar players on the planet for three days. It's um yeah. quite amazing, really. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's really intense. It's like, you know, back to back sort of guitar playing and tutorials and clinics and all that sort of stuff. So should that be fun. Sound, yeah, that does sound very cool. And Every I'm sure time... a chance to see a lot of cool guitars. Yes. Yeah, you, yeah, but we'll report back, you know, next week when you're back and we'll indeed. Uh, yeah, we'll indeed. Uh, we'll discuss all the cool guitars that you've seen. Every time I uh, see Alex Hutchins, uh he's always like, "Oh, we we've got a we've got a jam together. We've got to sort something out." To jam together he's he he asked me that every time and i'm like i don't think you know how much worse a musician i am than you <laughs> well i think do you know what that's the that is the great thing um i remember talking to to alex once and i i mean i don't want to talk for alex here but i think one of the things he always found or finds difficult sometimes is when you get someone like alex who you know I think he, he he had one of the first, I guess, viral guitar playing videos on YouTube when it was him and Guthrie on like the Rotor Sound stand. Yeah, you know, and you get there's a lot of other players who are of that caliber. They kind of try to outplay Alex, oh, and then it yeah. becomes less of a musical yeah. conversation and more of like. I want to play better than you. Yeah. So you actually tend to find there's no vibe or no or character. And then when I've sort of played with Alex and I'm a much worse guitar player than Alex, he's sort <laughs> of like, you do stuff that I wouldn't think of, or huh. I wouldn't play like that, or I wouldn't do that, or, you know, because he's comes from a very different world. So I think he really enjoys playing with lots of different musicians that do lots of things very, very differently. Yeah. Um, cool. Rather than someone who's like, how much faster can I play than... Yeah, than yeah we, we, we were going to do some prog jazz together, so it wouldn't be... Oh, he loves odd time signatures. I he know, actually just put a video out on his channel of him playing guitar and bass with an RC600 looper, and I think the title of the video is can you tap your foot along to this? And it's like <laughs> the most, it's so weird. Oh, I love it. it. It's so weird. I'm just like, is this right? I don't know. So um, that's a challenge I would accept, a time signature challenge. A time signature challenge. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, so we're taking Alex and it's always good to hang out with Alex and he's a great rep. I mean, he's been demoing the brand for like 20 years. And oh, yes. you know, so he's, he's, he really knows that stuff inside and out. So yeah, it's going to be a good, a good few days. It does. It's yes. It sounds like it, it shall be excellent. Now, uh, um, earlier earlier this week, uh, we we got through some Bleak District electric pedals, Matt. This was something that we spoke about that you brought to my attention. I think I don't know months ago, maybe last year on the podcast. I can't. I can't remember. Uh, this was from the London International Guitar Show. Is that what? What that long ago? Wow. When? Which was when? 
No, that was know. only like October, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that was the one you went to that I didn't. Yes. Yes, it was the one right. um, at, at Kempton Racecourse. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So these pedals look fantastic. Dear listener, you should check them out. Bleakdistrict.co.uk, a little UK-based pedal manufacturer. Only four or five pedals, I think, in the entire range, but they're all really interesting and really different. I think we spoke about a couple of them at the time, which are actually the two that we've been sent. We've been sent the Wreck Head and the Anti-Static. The Anti-Static, dear listener, I've got a little video up on, um, on Instagram on the reels we're actually going to play the audio from that anyway on this episode you can hear what that does it's kind of i mean that's fantastic so that pedal is like a velcro-y fuzz combined with a micro looper on one pedal which when you say it like that you're like what how does that work together what use is that but it but it's very cool yeah it's um I think what I've really loved about that video when you sent it, Joe, and obviously I know you'll play the audio, was that it was a great example of showing, and I think I said the same thing when we did another demo maybe last week, it's a great example of showing the pedal in the mix and in a situation yeah. that you might use it because I suddenly went, oh man, like I've just, I just want to, I want that pedal, I want to buy that pedal. It's like such a great example of like how you could potentially use it and yeah. And I think the way, that, especially you demo on Instagram, a way that you could use it if you were reamping or if someone was playing and you were using it in the studio and you've got a bit more hands-on control. And then I was like, yeah, it's a great example of a cool idea done really well and really simply without loads of faff and MIDI and, and all of that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah they, he calls it a cmos fuzz cmos i've never heard it, anything called that before it was just a, a, a really silicony sounding fuzz yeah just I a think. Sort of gated modern buzzy 60s fuzz um i guess as the guitar nerds we should probably know uh <laughs> we more about know this kind what of stuff that means yeah <laughs> but i think it's effectively a i want to say it sounds like a digital fuzz but i'm not think? Oh, i'm not 100 okay. because it's a, there's a if you type it in here a cmos chip works with digital logic compared to mm. oh, the yeah. transistor based fuzz circuits both germanium and silicon in a cmos fuzz there is no in between uh no dynamic range no vintage tone or anything right. like that mm, okay okay um well the the fuzz is dead simple on this pedal you literally have kind of a level control for it which sort of acts a bit like a, a gain as well um, but it's all on one single knob, and then you've got the on-off for that. And then you've got one massive control in the middle of the pedal and an unlatched foot switch for the looper. The massive knob in the middle of the pedal is defining how long that loop is, and you can change the range of that. You can have it be <clears throat> long or super short. So super short will get you like glitches. You can capture little glitch notes, which is kind of, I feel like that's the bread and butter of this pedal. That's what it's for. Playing a fuzzy, you know, riff and then grabbing a little glitchy note. You can also latch the uh, the looper, like reverse it. So then when you hold down the foot switch, it would cancel it, which uh, obviously is, you know, you'd only use that very occasionally in that sense. But that, uh, would, that would also be cool because you'd then kind of use the on-off, switch for you know for bringing in the weird glitch sounds and stuff like that but it's uh 
I think, um, well, when you play the audio, I think what uh, I've really liked about it, Joe, was there's a couple of sounds that always stick out to me. Like, that's the sound that I just want to have on my foot and just know exactly (laughs) the right time to bring it in. And that is the guitar guitar solo, if you can call it that, from Go to Sleep by Radiohead off... how to the thief yeah. really which i think is actually a guitar running through max msp hmm. um which is a program that you can run in ableton uh it's kind of like a modular synth i guess for for guitars that you can program to do anything i remember in fact i think i remember someone once programmed there was a video around on youtube where someone had programmed a wii controller a nintendo wii controller because it's bluetooth to then taped it on the back of their guitar headstock, and then as they move the Wii controller, depending on the position against the screen, change the like the delay time, for example. Wow. Cool. Um, so that solo, and also um, Block Party. Oh, yeah. I know um, that was just DD3s, though, wasn't it? He had a couple was of DD3s. Just, it was DD3s, but obviously hitting it and then also then turning the delay time really quickly as well, so you sort of yeah. get that... Uh, which you were doing, obviously, in, in the video on the, on the Yeah, what, what well. I do in this video would be tricky to do, actually, you know, because I, I needed both hands, basically, for most of this, which you wouldn't have. Actually, I tell you what, funny thing about recording this uh, this piece of music, what I normally do, how I normally record the videos is I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll write like a drum part and then I'll come up with, you know, the, the riff that I want to record and I will... Um, I'll play it into a Boss RC3 along with the drums on my DAW, and then I've got I've got the riff there on the RC3 that I can then play back through the pedal and then sync it up with the drums again afterwards, mm. and sort of that. It, it's, it's you know it, pretty pretty easy to do, but the problem was because I needed to. I needed to, because it was a a looper that was going to take my riff out of the correct time, I had to be able to hear the drums whilst I was recording it. So I had to like start, I don't even know if I'm explaining this in a way that makes any sense, but I had to start the riff on the RC3 and then press record on my DAW perfectly, like perfectly in time in order to be able to manipulate everything properly which was well i guess that's um that and there's one thing i haven't really figured out with the um hologram electronics microcosm but part of the reason i bought it was a friend of mine who's got one who uses it in the studio because it's midi you can obviously sync the the clock up to midi so for the kind of glitch effect there's actually an algorithm in it called glitch you can actually sync it up to midi which is quite cool where this one is a little bit more hands-on yeah this one this one is just a cool sort of rough and ready thing which would have been fine if i'd have recorded this without a drum beat it would have been okay Mm. but there was no way of me unless i had the drum beat going there was no way i was going to be able to bring the riff back in and out in the right time anyway uh let's stop talking about it and listen to it this is the bleak district electric anti-static
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There you go. That was the Bleak District anti-static. Obviously not... Yeah, no, not a super functional, <laughs> but it's I can't very wait to modern. Some John Mayer licks on that. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you know what? Glitch element aside, I actually think the fuzz mm. sounds really solid. It's got oh, that kind really of, um, it's got that kind of fuzz factory kind of vibe to it. Yeah, and uh, I think it's just yeah, it sounds really well designed, really well built, really really into it. I, I really yeah, I'm I, a big fan. Lots of fun. I wish maybe I could use the the micro looper independent of the fuzz. That would be nice. And certainly when I put the video up, a lot of the comments were, "I wish you know that you could control this on an expression out rather than just the big knob, because of course that it's difficult to control that with your foot." I mean, I did come back to that and say, I, I think if I was going to put this on a pedal board, I'd put a uh, one of those wingman. Um, Oh, Nuts. the wing, the the wing nut wing is it wing thing, nut? isn't it? No, yeah, no, no, no. It's no. called wing man, but it's a wing nut is the yeah, name it's of the but, nut yeah, just a, it. just it's just a massive tall knob. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, damn it! Yeah, it's um, just a yeah, it's just a big sort of wing nut shaped thing, so you can turn things with your feet. Like Tim, the guitarist in Polymath, he uh, has one on his Boss DM two W, which he uses all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess control. it it sort of leads into uh, a topic that I put on our our little scripty mm. script there, Joe, yeah. um, which is around moving a few things around things around on my pedal board, and I decided to take off the Moog low pass filter and keep that separate in in a right. different project that I'm using because ultimately I had that and an expression pedal on my board, and I realised I just Every time I put an expression pedal or volume pedal on my pedal board, it takes up space, and I just never really use it that much. Yeah. So I've sort of rewired the board so you can have, if I want one, I can sort of just have it off the pedal board. Right. Um, oh, that's but cool. It's never really an essential thing for me. No. And I put back on 
the snarling dogs multiple war yes! because it is the best war. Yes, that is and, a great um, idea. I think we talked about it maybe the other week, but because it's also got a ring modulator on it, man, I just absolutely love ring modulators. Um, I've put that on there because I like having the auto wire effect, but obviously, I think, as I said last week, got most of it from the H9, put the snarling dogs on there, and I've created this space on my pedal board now where I'm like, what what, what do I put there? So I've been looking at a whole bunch of different things, and I was like, yeah, I basically want that kind of... Well, nothing, really. Um, <laughs> so I guess in parallel to this, I've sort of been playing around with a couple of bits, and i got something new that I put on the board, which has actually meant it covers a lot more bases. Right. So I guess I'll start with there. So I bought a Mythos Argonaut, which is a mini pedal with no controls, just a foot switch and a light, and it is effectively an octave up. Right, yes. Um, like a vintage Octiva type thing. So you run it before or after drives or fuzzes. Who else did this? One of our friends. Uh, yeah, Bigfoot Engineering. Bigfoot Engineering the, did it. The yeah, Octopus. Right. The difference with the Octopus is it's all it's all uh, passive. Right. Where this one requires um, power. I see. But it's wicked. Um, so I basically have that wired into the switcher, so I've always got an octave up. And if you use an octave up without any fuss or drive, you also get a kind of fixed ring modulator sort of weird, almost kind of like a really weak fuzz, um, which is cool. So I've got that, and then I was running that into, if I want, I can switch it in and out, into the uh, Dinosaural Dan Coggins Cogmeister, which is a treble boost tone bender and a solo boost all in one box and i was like all, all the that best co- oh, yeah all the best ones that covers the sort of glitchy octave up sort of fz2 hyperfuzz type thing so i took the hyperfuzz off the board and put the revival trend back on <laughs> right and was like actually the <laughs> Wait, revival you, you had taken the revival trem off of your board well, because I just didn't have the space because it's Man, so it's one of the best medals I think we've oh, ever, you know, spoken absolutely. about. <laughs> and I think it comes back to with the my big pedal board, the more I change it, the more I keep going back to the things that I'm like <laughs> I just I can't I can't live without it. And I think that's one pedal I can't live without. Uh, you know, like my DD three, I can't I can't live without. Um so I've you know, I've sort of got this core set of pedals i'm like actually on a desert island i'd have all of those pedals so i put the revival trend back on and i've sort of gone well i've got the octave up uh-huh. i've got the revival trend which does a kind of slightly gritty stuff and then the 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 cogmice does everything else and you That's can then have any of it with with octave up so yeah i've sort of now got no I'm almost like do i have a clean boost which i don't really use because i don't really need it do i have a sort of glitchy fuzz pedal and then in the space that i've got where i had the expression pedal i'm like maybe i should go for something a little bit more glitchy and weird and i put the mood on there and i was like well the mood's really similar to the microcosm yeah um and i was like do i put the habit on there and have something a bit like a kind of frip like like looper and the thing I'm I'm most tempted by, to be honest, at the moment is a Boss PS3 <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I just went, actually, what I really want to sound like is Nick Reinhardt. <laughs> and I was just like, he's just got that, you know, it's that rainbow machine sort of yeah. like clean, weird, glitchy chorus thing. 
But I like the idea because it's got a pitch shifter on there. Why would I've you got... go for the PS2 rather than the PS3? Uh, sorry, the PS3 rather than the PS2. Because the PS3 has a couple of extra modes compared to the PS2. Right. And the PS3 has an expression pedal input. Ooh. And what I've got kicking around is I've got a... It's basically the size of a small... It's basically just the size of a foot switch. I've got a light-sensitive expression controller. And I was right. like, I've got a tiny space that I could put above the pedal... And then I could actually have some sort of all I need to do is put my foot above it. I've got some... Oh, so it's like the D beam that Roland have on yeah. the synthesizers. Basically, it's like the D beam. Right. Um and I was like, oh, actually that might be quite cool. But going back to the PS3, all of the weird pedals that are around now, things like the rainbow machine, loads of those pedals have a similar sound <laughs> to the boss PS3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Those, you know, um, it's just that that it wasn't it... With with Boss as a company, because because obviously they're the biggest, they have such a huge range of uh, of effects pedals. I do feel like occasionally they've had things that have just come out at the wrong time for when that type of effects been popular. Mm. You know, we we will live again through a time when the digital metalizer is the most important pedal. Well, I mean, they're just. I mean, I saw a digital metalizer the other day for sale for. 350 quid i mean i think i sold one for like 45 pounds about two years ago um but what yeah i guess what's interesting is that it's got it's half a delay pedal and then half of a pitch shift pedal both at the time digitally you could there wasn't loads of them around it was kind of a new thing so yeah the ps3 came out in 1990 i think or 1991 wow Uh, and you've got to think the ps2 considering that the Digital delay compact had only been invented like a year earlier. Came out in like nineteen eighty eight or eighty nine. Wait, is... wait, 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 wait! You... Oh, the digital compact had only come out. Yeah, a year yeah, earlier. the digital compact Sorry. digital yeah. delay. Right. Um, wow. So to have a pitch shift, my God. I know. To have a pitch shifter and a delay in one box, it's pretty. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. But then to think that you had things like how they came up with it, but you've effectively you've got this inverse mode that's a reverse delay through a cascading pitch shifter so it feeds all the repeats back into itself so every repeat then is pitched up and then that one's pitched up and you get that's a really common thing that you're getting on lots of pedals these yeah, days yeah that's that is the, the rainbow machine thing. sound isn't it now the sort of uh, um or the, the electro harmonics canyon did it really well as well but... yes yeah so um i thought it was quite quite interesting and i was like well you know, they they're not crazy money, um, so I might I might do that. But I don't know if you've if you've got any suggestions, Joe. I I just mm. I don't know if I need more drive. I don't really know if I need more ambience because the microcosm does all that. I've got a Swiss Army knife in the H nine. What, what are we doing modulation wise? Are, are you using the H nine for that? Actually, modulation wise, I've got a VB two W. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely the best. Absolutely the best. (laughs) If it's good enough for one, it's good enough for me. Yeah. Um, That sort of answer. If you have vibrato, you don't necessarily need chorus. Well, what what are you doing for chorus? Well, interestingly, what I'm I'm doing now for chorus is moving the chorus pedal around in uh, loops. So right. where I've got a split, if I run it at the front of the chain, everything run it runs guitar runs into that first, and then that runs into everything else and goes out into the amp. Uh-huh. If I then move it to a different loop, 
it then only goes to one amp. So you've got right. one that's just vibrato and one that's just clean. And Very that is effectively chorus. a chorus. Right. Yes, I see. Um, oh, sorry. Yes, you, the vibrato pedal you're doing that with. You said yes. chorus pedal, but you meant vibrato. Right. Oh, right. right. Yeah, no, vibrato yeah. pedal, which basically creates a chorus. chorus. Yeah. And then I've got an MXR uh, Face 95, which is the mini one. Yeah, the mini one. Very and good. Um, and then I'm using a Grouter Audio Muni vibe. So I've got that covered. I've got a deluxe memory man for the uh, for the delays as well as a DD3. So I'm sort of like going, actually, what I need is something that's just, yeah, potentially just a bit weird and wonderful, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, ugh, you know, I know you say that, but like you said, you don't use a clean boost. I think like a, a boost pedal is a great way to get a little extra out of your amp or get like a different sort of tone out of your amplifier. But if you think you've got that covered with overdrives anyway and you don't need it, like Mythos pedals have just, uh, they've uh, just re-released the luxury drive, which is a great clean boost. But to be honest, you know, does anything, has anything ever beaten the MXR? Um, hmm. What was that? What's that one called? The, oh, the white oh, one. The, uh, the, oh, the oh, the microamp. The microamp. Oh my god! Thank you. I completely forgot the name of it. Has anything ever beaten the MXR microamp? Probably. Well, that's not. true. I mean, one thing I don't really have. You don't have an octave down. You, yeah, I do. You, I've got oh, an OC2. Oh, there is an OC2. Come on, on Joe. There. Okay, of course. All right. There's okay. a there's an island pedal right there. You've got to uh, have yeah, an OC2. You've got to have a VB2. You've got to yeah. have a DD3. I mean, basically, <laughs> boss made. <laughs> we sort of made all the good ones and then right, everyone, yes. and then everyone else came in um <laughs> that's uh, so i mean i was going to say what you're doing for vintage pedals there's always place for a vintage pedal but i guess the oc2 what is yours 1980 uh, it's not as old as yours joe that's, that's the one i bought off you which is yeah, my birth which, year 1984 uh, I, that's the one pedal i can guarantee of everything i own that i would never ever sell that oc2 will always be on my pedal board because it's bloody wicked i think uh yeah probably like 19 i think it's 87 mm. i guess mm. um but yeah i think f- for me one thing i don't have is a kind of maybe always on make good or a kind of mm. valve preamp type thing well, that's that's a good idea a nice little preamp to give you something else does, does it have to be a valve preamp could you not do that with oh no no, a little booster, like just a little boost to warm things up, a little mid boost or something like that. Yeah, I did, I did, um, I did think about, and I think you've still got them, Joe. But the exotic super sweet and oh, yeah. the super sweet, yeah, their buffer and the their booster, yeah. yeah, I can't remember super sweet and something else. Yeah, they they're very good. They're very good. Definitely a, a good option for just something to excite your your tone, your sort of mids and your trebles a little bit. They're, yeah, they're so. I sort of got electro harmonics, Matt. I don't feel that you've you're representing, you know, the other big brand. I know. Maybe maybe electro harmonics is the way to go. They've, I mean, they've got like seven hundred pedals to choose from, so maybe <laughs> there's something there's something in that. But you know, it's so difficult, and I, you know, it's totally a uh, guitarist's problem. Is when you, I just don't like having because I've done it before having seven shades of gain right and then going i actually only really use two gain sounds and if <laughs> i'm now sort of at home or doing any recording or i just want to mess around with a different fuzz pedal right, i just yeah. have a pedal board with a power supply on and i just grab some pedals and plug them in yeah i'm you just thinking what, need that yeah what life. i'm trying to do is build a big pedal board 
that covers everything I need for recording. So it's got a good drive sound, it's got a good fuzz sound, it's got a boost on it, it's got the modulation sounds you need. Mm. And that's what I can do like 99% of just the sort of. What do you, what, what's dealing with on. reverb? Is the H9 dealing with that as well? No, because I've got the CXM78 oh, for that. <laughs> it's such a ridiculous pedal board. Um, uh, yeah, it's sort of like one of those ones you look at and just go, God, if only I could have said to myself 10 years ago, don't worry, you'll have all this stuff. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sort uh, of really yeah. a bit of a loss because there's so many great pedals out there. I've got a bunch of... It's also one of those things, we talked about it on the podcast before, where actually you've got a lot of stuff in your pedal cabinet, but you always feel like you need something new. <laughs> that is story of my life. <laughs> okay, well, what about this, Matt? I was trying to think, because I'm like, everything I'm going to suggest, you know, it's going to be like a cool vintage modulation pedal. Well, you've got modulation covered. A fuzz, that's the obvious one, but you've got that massive Cogmeister thing. That's so covered. Drive, you've covered that really well. You know, delays, really good digital delay there. Reverb's done. Everything's kind of done. So, what about something that does a different job from all of that? What about something like the Game Changer Plus? Yeah, I have got one kicking around to the to the side, um, and I thought about putting that on there and 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 doing that as kind of having a bit more of a a hold pedal. It's I great guess. for just thickening out, like have it low in the mix and just tap it occasionally, just to have to sustain high, but the mix low, and then just every now and again, just give it a little tap, and yeah. uh, you know you. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's a really good shout. Actually, that's a really good shout. I've I've found that when I've had the plus pedal before, one of the best things that I've done is run a reverb pedal in the effects loop. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever done the same because it obviously. It just adds an effect just to that held audio. And when you add yeah. in like a big reverb as well, you just get this kind of like massive, um, this massive pad sound. I mean, one thing I haven't really got, and I think the H9 does it, but it's a little weak, like synth sounds. And I've gone back to my sort of boss demo board a bit, and I've got an SY200 on there. And obviously, just like some of the synth sounds and that are so good. But again, really requires an expression pedal to make the most of it. Yeah. I mean, the you know the good thing about the plus pedal is you've got that little switch, and you so you can turn it into a an always off volume pedal. Um, yes, that's where, true. Where it doesn't pass any signal through, and then you can you know you, you can hit the pedal and and it can swell in the sound. And the great thing, unlike a volume pedal, that's going to be entirely reliant on on you you know how you're pressing that pedal, um, you can set the the rise essentially of the uh, of yes, the effect you can. so you can have like a perfect swell every time um it's it's, it's a, there's a lot of uses to that plus pedal i'm a big advocate i was thinking about getting the um the plasma pedal recently fuzz pedal with a blend you know i thought you already had one actually oh, plasma no no one of those i do not have I need um, to get it i know i've seen a few reviews coming out of the um bixby that's oh, yeah. out there now yeah um but actually yeah maybe you're right because i've also i've got like a a mini pedal space where i've got something in it that i don't mind and it's actually really good but the revival drive is is covering a bit of that or the revival trem's covering a bit of that so uh-huh. maybe i need something like the um the exotic ep boost or super sweet as a, a kind of always on little bit of yeah. a clean boost and then i've got the the plus pedal there 
for other things. So uh, when you sent me that care package, finally, Joe. <laughs> I know, I know. Put, Every week I say I'm going to send you stuff and then it goes to the back of my list. I also have Naomi and JD who I'm supposed to be sending stuff to as well. So, oh, I tell you what, a little, little, um, a little podcast update, uh, dear listener. Uh, Naomi is now officially the bass player in Empire State Bastards, which is uh, um, Simon Neal from Biffy Clyro's new band with uh, Venart. Yeah, is that is that officially announced now? Is yeah, it? yeah, that's that's okay, it, it was in enemy. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, it's literally in enemy, so I can't. <laughs> so it's uh, the the information's out there. Yeah, so. no, I, I actually did speak to um, did speak to her about this about three or four months ago. Yeah, um, and mentioned it was on the cards, but yeah, that's pretty amazing i mean i think they're yeah. debuting at hellfest so yeah, something like that, yeah um i don't know whereabouts but i mean the headliners are kiss motley crew iron maiden and slipknot so <laughs> yeah it's really good i'm really really happy for her she's she's so super busy at the moment getting stuff ready for it, it sounds like they're actually practicing an awful lot i've got to send her my fuzzrocious little fella um because she's after a few more drives she's got fuzz covered but she's looking for good bass overdrives right so i'm gonna i'm gonna time it's a... i sent uh i sent her a katana bass amp <laughs> <laughs> oh my friend if you think i didn't already already tap her up and be like so ashdown amps but i tell you who's got their first orange orange have got in there first oh yeah. terrible i know i know they're so God, James Deacon from Orange, he's so quick off the mark. He gets, <laughs> <laughs> gets all the best artists. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, but, well. Uh, but yes, that, that, that oh, well, that's is amazing for her as well. That's yeah. that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, what a, what a band to be in with those kind of musicians. That's incredible, <laughs> really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, dear listener, I should mention that uh, when we finish this episode, Matt and I will be heading over um, to the Patreon episode where – that's right it's the question duck we answer a question that's been posed that we've lifted from the guitarist facebook group um join it dear listener if you're not already on there it's a wonderful place for discussion asking questions sharing pictures of your favorite bits of gear stuff like that so this week there's kind of a few things i wanted to talk about more like a i kind of wanted to talk around a a couple of topics really i'd seen a, a couple of posts from John Mahon and also Peter Schilling um, had both um, commented similar things. John had said, uh, I'm weighing up uh, a transition to an ampless setup. I'd appreciate any tips and tricks uh, from fellow nerds who have done the same. Uh, and uh, Peter Schilling had said, um, I play live mostly on acoustic guitar. Sometimes I play jazz on a humbucking guitar, but I still play through a Walrus Audio ACS-1 amp sim. I'm thinking of getting rid of the Blues Junior as I simply don't play it. Would a tube-powered preamp be worth getting uh, getting for like a warm jazz tone? Anyway, I know that's a slightly different question, but I kind of wanted to talk on the Patreon, Matt, about our favourite ampless solutions and the ones that we think uh would be worthwhile alternatives to okay. um to the amplifier and also you know we might talk a bit around peter peche posted a um uh posted about our discussion last week matt where we were talking about where well, mostly you were talking because i couldn't talk about um <laughs> <laughs> uh about the uh road series of fenders and just how ridiculously yes. 
good they are and how it's not so much a sleeper guitar but i mean they don't lose any value so you can buy and sell them you know for for the same amount if if you like but they are incredibly good and so you know peter was suggesting is there any point in a custom shop obviously there is if you know if you if you want some specific some specifications that that are very particular to you then yes but if what you're after is sort of you know a worn you know player's guitar then the roadworn series is kind of you know very very good so we might talk a bit around that on the patreon but uh, sounds but good yeah exactly so do tune in dear listener um to um when we discuss that matt this um this week actually actually <laughs> scrap that why don't we do some news should we do some news i feel, I feel like it's been a while since uh it has been a while since, since we've, we've done, done some, some news. news yeah Okay, dear listener, right, it's time for some news, time for some fun new things that have come out this week. And what could be more exciting than Massa Boogie introducing the Mark 7? The Mark 7. I must have um, missed the Mark 6. No, well, everyone missed the Mark 6 because the Mark 6 was a secret, secret project, in between yes. uh, prototype. Uh, I remember when the Mark 5 launched when yes, we were at, we we were at GAC, GAC and obviously... We just um, started podcasting, I think, around that time. I think we had, yeah. So, you know, this is the, as they as they have put on their own website, a magnum opus of tone. <laughs> that is um, a bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, the interesting thing is I remember... I mean, I've had a few Mesa Boogie amps in my time, but the Mark IV was everything yeah. in one box, effectively. Well, this yeah. this absolutely is that, isn't it? This this Mark VII, I, I mean, I, the, the amount of features that they have still made relatively, I mean, it's a lot of knobs. It might be too many for me, but then you read everything that they've done, like three channels, nine modal preamps. Um, they've included... Uh, there's like three wattage ranges. They've they've got the cab clone built into uh, built in there, so you've got all your cab sims at eight different rectifier cab sims, which is very very good. That like yeah. a, 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 these features are you know they are fantastic preamps, including the 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 Mark Two B, the Mark Two C, and the Mark Four as well as a bunch of their other ones, the clean fat and crunch. I mean, this is this is a fantastic product. It is. And I think you're right. There's a lot of controls on there, but this has always been designed as the same with the Mark V. It's really designed to be the amp that is their flagship that does everything that you need a boogie to do from super sparkling clean all the way up to like brutal gain and then use it live in a situation where you've either got midi switching or you're using the foot controller Mm. um and that perhaps your pedal board is perhaps just doing some maybe modulations or delays or or reverbs yeah so you've got a a set of redesigned channels i guess you would you would say um and like and as you mentioned you've still got the Mark IV sound, a lot of people love the Mark IV sound, the, the tightness of the gain channels that you've got on channel three. But of course, the classic and iconic Mark IIb and 
uh, Mark II C Plus, which are the sort of, I guess most people see those as like the ultimate boogie sound you know that was sort of like a pinnacle for them yeah, in terms absolutely. of the design and especially around i think you know metallica and kirk hammett was using those like a lot of the metal bands were using them and then you've got the first channel and the second channel are much more around a really good uh clean and drive preamp that you can have different settings on so channel one is clean fat or crunch channel two is fat crunch or mark seven and the what's really clever about the design is the channel levels of gain kind of cascade in terms of the amount between all three channels. Right. So you can get this really nice balance across all three. Um, so, you know, sort of channel two picks up where channel one leaves oh, off and yeah. channel three sort of picks up yeah. where Just the attention to detail on these, like sonically, is just, you know... Mm. They're not, it's not just them, uh, you know, coming up with a sound and that being the sound that they make. You know, so many amp companies do that. It's like we use these transistors and these valves and this is the sound that it produces and then they run off of that legacy. Like, I just feel like Mesa Boogie are always thinking about making sure that sonically they have everything absolutely covered to an extremely high uh, level. Yeah, and I think what's... What's really crazy about this is the size of these amps compared to like a Marshall and you think how right. much they can really put <laughs> yeah. in one amp. But I mean, just the back panel. So the back panel, you can have a different cab for each channel, which is cool. Uh, you've then got a line out, which is totally dry. You've then got an output with uh, for headphones. You've got a DI out, a USB out, and then you've got... Um, four speaker out so you can either have one eight ohm one four ohm or two of each one of those so it's it's pretty amazing and the fact that you can have a different cab for each channel i really like that yeah um, because you might find for your clean channel particular ir that you like maybe different to a different one and i'm assuming all of that is then midi switchable as well so live it becomes a real sort of powerhouse but even in the studio the fact that if you had this hooked up in your studio all the time and you were sending yeah. MIDI to and from. You can basically just use this for everything. You just you need could, the yeah, one app. You could basically <laughs> just use this for absolutely everything. Yeah. Not sure on a price, but I'd imagine... Oh, I um, thought it was like... A, I only ever look at the combos, but I think it was like three and a half grand. Yeah, and I think the Mark IV was, what, 2799 for like right. the longest time ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, talking in dollars. Yeah. yeah, so I think this is... Um, I think it's cool. I mean, it's own. you know, I don't think they're going to be selling hundreds of thousands of these no but i tell you what all the uh all the all the famous people will buy them <laughs> yeah and i think yeah. um it's it's one of those things you know you only have to look at some of the players like john petrucci and stuff like that and sure you're getting a lot of people going out and using kempers now and i think the idea of something like this is like you know what don't worry about a kemper yeah. here's effectively a whole bunch of stuff that you can control via MIDI in the analog world, that's an amplifier. Yeah. Um, and I like that because where most amps are two channels, this is like, no, it's three channels and nine options and cab switching. And it can, as you say, it can do everything. And yeah. I think that's just a really nice 
That just seems to be something that you don't see as much anymore. <laughs> and, <laughs> sure, I kind, yeah. and I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's definitely a weird one. Of, of all the products, I think it's the one that's the least for me, but I can still absolutely, utterly appreciate how wonderful this product is. Now, what would you get if uh, if you could buy a Mesabuki from the current lineup, from the current oh, range of stuff? Oh, from the current lineup. Oh, let's lineup. do that. Let's do you've, that. You've thrown... what would you What would you go for? Uh, Gibson.com. Um, <laughs> oh, God, you type Mesabugi into Google and Neural DSP comes up as a sponsored <laughs> thing first. I mean, that's impressive, isn't it? Well, that's I mean, some serious spending right yeah, there. Yeah, I haven't I haven't got it yet, the Neural DSP um, Mesabugi uh, one. I, I just, um, I can't imagine anything replacing the Tone King for me from that. Right. But, you know, the, their Tone King plugin, which I love. I have to say the Tone X... Um, pedal and the software that comes with it from IK Multimedia is the first thing that's really given it a run for its money, and it just sounds absolutely fantastic. All that stuff is 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 absolutely amazing. Um, what I'll buy you some time, Matt. Whilst you're thinking about what your what Mesa Boogie you would okay, get, you go. It's the Fillmore Twenty Five, the combo, the one twelve combo. Okay. I, I know you're always going to go for heads. I'm always going to choose combos. Um, but you know it's well priced, like it's sub two grand for for a Mesa Boogie. I'm not suggesting for a second that's affordable, dear listener. It's very expensive, but um, for for the sort of product that Mesa Boogie creates this is towards the budget end of their range but the Fillmore is fantastic you've got all those gorgeous glassy like 6v6 fendery cleans but done to a quality and a you know a, a level that's just outside of fender's capabilities at the moment um and yeah it's a gorgeous super loud 25 watts is all you need um and it's got like a tube-driven spring reverb in the combo as well. Like, come on, you know this is this is a mm. it is such a proper. If you want just a classic guitar tone, I don't think there's a better product you could possibly buy. Well, obviously, you know a Vox AC30, but other than that, I don't <laughs> think there's a, there's anything that you could possibly buy better than this. It is just. Oh, it's just a dream. One day I might get a Fillmore. You know, one day I'll. It's it's the sort of thing I don't spend out on guitar amps because it's my second instrument. So you know, I have my you know I have my Blues Junior and I have my Katana, and I have a few other amps as well. But you know, they're, they're, those are the two that I use for most things, and I'm kind of I'm kind of happy. But one day I, I will I will spend out and and get something. What about you, May? Yeah, we definitely don't talk about Boogie enough, really, do we? Because no, let's make that a resolution for 2023. Let's talk about Boogie a whole bunch. I'm sure the Americans will get annoyed with how we pronounce it as well, as Boogie. we do pronounce it wrong, right? Boogie. Um, no, say, they say Mesa as well, don't they? Mesa if it's Boogie. got an A in it rather than an E. Mesa, Mesa, Mesa They say Boogie. Mesa and Boogie. So they say an A instead of an E and pronounce it as if there's one O and not two O's, and we're wrong. But that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, anyway, carry on. What we No, that's fine. I was just I was actually just having a look through the range and seeing what they still make and what they don't make. And I and I miss my Lone Star and I've said it lots of times before. I, I'm kind of torn because I actually really liked the Rectiverb 25. They did that in a little head, which I thought was really cool. Um the mini rectifier. Um yeah, they do that in a kind of I actually have just seen they do that in the lunchbox format. And then they also do it in a kind of normal head format. You've got the yeah. Badlander as well. Which Badlander's is very cool, Matt. Um, obviously, you've got your classic rectifier. Um, but for me, um, 
It's got to be the California Tweed. Uh, I, was, I, I mean, was about to say, I was, si- was going to say, six. why aren't you talking about the California Tweed? The, the California Tweed, 6 v 6, 220 head. I mean, that, to me, that is everything I want in an amp. Right. Uh, basically, single channel, gain treble, mid, bass, presence, master volume, and then you can go 1, 10, or 20 watts. What that, more could you possibly is... want from an amplifier? Well, nothing. Um, I, you know, one watt is one six v six, so great for recording. Ten watts is two six v six in triode, and um, the twenty watt mode is two six v six in pentode mode. I don't know what that um, means, but good. That's just how much of the valve is effectively working. Um, but yeah, the normal channel does clean to overdrive, and the load is mainly clean. All is a all tube spring reverb as well. Wow. Which I really like. Yeah. And just they, they love an all tube spring reverb, don't they? They're they do. Great, but this is just a great pedal platform. Yes. Um, it's got an effects loop on it if you want. You've got a overall reverb control on the back. So right. it's just an it's just a how much reverb kind of thing you want. They do it in a forty watt version and they also do it in a one by twelve and a one by ten combo version. Right. Um but I, I think that the twenty that'll be more than enough volume. The two twenty, of than, course it will. Of yeah, course it will. More than enough. Yeah. And and I just like the fact that they've kind of taken that tweed design and given it sort of a little bit of a modern sort of build. It's certainly a lovely looking amp. I've I've always felt like Vox kind of have the monopoly on making amps look good. Like when they mm. do their custom shop stuff and they do like fawn finishes with the like the, the sort of almost basket weavy uh, meshes, they just they they look so fantastic. I'm, I was I'm always surprised that no one else kind of goes down this route of doing light coloured amps. But the uh, yeah, this certainly the California Tweed absolutely. You just and you just don't hear much from um, you just don't hear much from Vox really, do you? What do you mean you don't hear much from Vox? They don't need to do much. They invented the AC30 and the AC15. <laughs> hey, you can't always sell the same amp forever. <laughs> well, I mean, we really hope that they do because every time they introduce something new, it's rubbish. You know, it's, the AC15 <laughs> and the AC30 are the products they do well. Uh, so long may those continue. But, but you um, know, like the reason the AC, you know, the AC15 and the AC30, the reason that you still see you know, but models of those from the 60s is because they're repairable down to the, you know, they're perfectly built yeah. in that they're repairable down to the, you know, <coughs> the, the the very smallest element. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're a, that's why they're still around because they're so good. It's not just about mm. how they sound. It's about the thought that's gone into putting them to putting them together there yeah brilliant. but um yeah for me california tweed that would be oh, the one that's a, that's a good choice now matt i have done it again i've left it till super late in the podcast for us to do the uh topic of the week and the spinning of, spinning of the wheel so let's uh let's start by spinning the wheel i guess this week we've got uh, a question from yogi the guitarist he's uh uh, we're going to help him out on making a decision on something to sell. Uh, but before we do that, um, I'm going to spin the wheel and we're going to pick uh, who's going to get to choose the topic for next week's podcast. I promise next week we'll do it earlier. Spin the
Well, how about that? Getting mentioned twice in an episode uh, it is Peter Pesce, who has won this week's um, Spin the Wheel. Um, so, um, so Peter, I'll be in touch, and you get to choose. So, I actually think I read on <laughs> on our Facebook group that he said he'd pass if it was if it ever came to him. So, <laughs> so maybe there won't be one. <laughs> uh, so maybe there won't be one next week, dear listener. But but hopefully, hopefully he'll he'll think of something anyway. Um, and and I've said, dear listener, if you're ever chosen, of it can be a huge, it can be you know a general topic for us to discuss, or it can be something very specific. I'll allocate an amount of time based on that, I guess. Uh, also, uh, of course, you get a goodie bag sent out to you. Do you know what? It's episode ten. And I haven't sent out a single goodie bag yet. I was waiting for some things to turn up, which had turned up last week. So next week, everyone, the last ten of you who have won. You will be getting your goodie bags in the post finally. I'm and glad then you keep... could uh, you could be strong enough to admit that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at sending stuff to people. That's that's like it's like my Achilles heel. I don't, you know, I'm just awful at it. Anyway, this is Yogi's question. Yogi says, uh, and I'll do it in Yogi's voice. He says, "I'm looking to get some advice from the whole group and yourselves." No, I can't do that for the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> for, uh, um, on how to move forward. Um, as well as being a guitar nerd, I'm also a complete Apple nerd. I'm looking to get a Gibson Custom Shop ES345 uh, with a varia- with a Veritone in sunburst finish, a.k.a. the Garage Band guitar. I don't mind putting a grand towards it, but it has to... Uh, it has to... Be, it has to go uh, on, a, on a trade-in. Um, which of the following would you trade in to get it? A Fender American George Harrison Rosewood Telecaster... A Fender Limited Edition P90 Thinline Telecaster with a flame-roasted maple neck. A 2000 Fender Custom Shop Telecaster, a 63 in candy apple. Um, a PRS SC594 McCarty. A Gibson ES Les Paul in a historic burst with a Bigsby. If it was your decision and you had to trade, which would you go for? There's quite a bit of variance in price in those models. Do you, do you need me to go through them again, Matt, or have you got them? Um, so I'll go through them quickly without sort of all the all, all the things on them. So yeah. we're talking about a George Harrison, one of the American George Harrison tellies, the Rosewood telly. Yeah. Um, there's like a thin line telly with P90s. Yeah. Um, a custom shop 63 Telecaster in Candy Apple. A PRS SC594. And a Gibson ES ES Les Paul in historic burst with a Bigsby. Well, if I'm being um, totally brutal and honest, yeah, uh, those ES Les Pauls are they're rubbish. Yeah, bloody ugly. The, the worst. I was going to swear then, um, <laughs> but um, I totally forgot. But yeah, they they won't. Get I it. do not like those guitars. That <laughs> no. I I kind of feel like that's the. I don't like the George Harrison though. I don't think the Rosewood Telecaster is good. Oh, no. What? No. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it, yeah, you're uh, out of order, Joe. No, i tell you what it is. It's too specific. It's like it's like owning a Prince guitar, you know, the, the symbol one. It's like owning that. It's- <laughs> you can't compare those two. That's madness. What, the Schecter Sheck, the Prince versus the Rosewood Telly? <laughs> I just mean the it's... closest. The closest thing is they're both signature guitars. Yeah, but they're both really specific. I mean, you can't play it without people thinking about George Harrison. Just like you can't play the 
the the Prince oh, symbol without know. people I, thinking about Prince. I, I disagree. I mean, I, I've we've played a lot of rosewood guitars in my time, and I don't ever think about the uh, don't ever think about George Harrison. To be honest, I, oh, I wouldn't say it was his most iconic guitar. Um, um, I, he played it on the roof. Yeah, but that's, that's right. Literally, the end. They the that is they literally the most split iconic. Up. Yeah, one day after that, they were like, yeah. "Oh, that's enough." Um, I, but I think it's got a sound that nothing else on that list has, and I just think, well, I mean, you could argue maybe the custom shop telly. I don't know a sixty-three in candy, but that sounds pretty cool. The PRS I'd keep. I know, dear listener, I know, but it actually is is a cool guitar. Uh, DSC five nine four. Yeah, like keep, keep hold of that. That makes sense. The 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 Fender Limited Edition P ninety Thin Line Telecaster. I'm kind of like, how much are you even going to get for that? Like against the price of a, a Gibson Custom Shop ES three four five. It's almost out of the running because it's not a, you know, it's I not mean, a premium I, price guitar. I think the obvious choice is that ES Les Paul. No, I know. I mean, ultimately, if it was me. Um, it's very different when it's your own guitar collection and what you like versus what you don't like. But yeah. those ES Les Pauls were just never. They weren't great. Never my, it, probably never easier. Probably easier for Yogi to part with. He's a big telly man, you know. So yeah. probably easier for him to part with a, uh, a a Gibson. I know he's buying Gibson, but why not have a one in one out policy on Gibsons? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But- there you go. The best, the best thing he owns is still he's got this Bitzer. He post, he's posted it a few times um, on on the group. This uh, this Bitzer telly, and it has the neck is unbelie- unbelievably thick. Like it's a baseball bat, but I'm not like saying that for effect. It's a baseball bat. Like I think it was actually <laughs> cut into a baseball bat. Like it's <laughs> it's the thickest neck I've ever played. I loved it, and I was like, why aren't all guitars like this? But it was. Huge. It was bigger than like a bass neck in depth. Like a wow. like a fifty seven P bass is not as large in my hand as is that. But how uh, <laughs> they should be. Yeah, exactly. Is a very cool. That is his best guitar. But um, but yes. Anyway, so there you go, Yogi. I hope that helped. Um, next week we'll see if we have a question from Peter or if he insists on passing. We'll uh, we'll find out. But um, but dear listener, that is in fact the end of this week's episodes matt and i are going to head over to the patreon patreon.com forward slash guitar notes if you want to get in contact with us dear listener do if you want to email us you can info at guitarnerds.net dm us on instagram actually i turned off notifications on instagram the other day checked my messages and i was like oh i've had like 50 dms from people (laughs) so i need to turn that back well the problem is matt i work for so many different companies running their instagram if i turn notifications on on instagram my phone constantly vibrates yeah like some some companies are on american time as well so it's just constant but anyway uh so dm us on instagram i will turn that back on ask in the open forum on facebook on the guitar nerds group if you're a patreon supporter then contact us through patreon as i said we're going to head over to patreon right now patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds there's info on how to sign up and support this charming community um and you can do that for as little as a dollar a month Mm, there you go thank you very lovely (laughs) isn't that lovely dear listener well thank you very much for listening this week everyone and matt and i will be back next week for more of this guitar nerdery farewell bye Well, 
with another podcast episode under our belt, it's time to say thank you to all our wonderful, incredible, top-tier Patreon supporters, without whom none of this would be possible. Thank you to Scott Guitars, Suresh, Dorsonic Pickups, Chris Franklin, Anton Fryant, Barry Gresbeck, Steve Davis, Daniel Walker, Jorin Brown, John Conaway, The Studio Rats, Russell Healing, Yogi the Guitarist, Ty Allen, Kyle Harris, Sean Hughes, Brian Hansen, Andy Hoffler, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Brian Einsler, Mark Kizau, Kadawaki, Stuart Watson, Eric File, Peter Peche, Andy Manley, Simon Milbourne, Joe Puttick, Blake Wyland, Phil Radonsky, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Wharton, James Dor, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Losef, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Rob Nordwick, Scott O'Brien, and Moog Gravit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.